Hey y'all, and welcome to this week's episode of Influencer Insights. Now, I wanted to share some of my most favorite influencer insights of this year. We've done something a little bit differently this year, you may have noticed. We have been actually coaching people on some calls. That's right. We had a lot of you fill out some surveys, ask me some questions, some of the challenges that you've been having in your business with growth, where you really feel stuck. And I was able to actually talk to some of you one-on-one and really kind of dive deep into what those issues were. And then we shared them on Influencer Insight episodes. We've really enjoyed this new format. We've really enjoyed answering questions, but there were two of those episodes, two of those conversations really, that stuck out to me that I wanted to highlight as a bonus episode again today. Now, what I love the most about this is that it highlights how much coaching can actually help you get to where you want to go. And if you've heard me already talk about our new coaching experience, it's going to be launching in January of next year, then you know what I'm talking about with Shine. I am so excited to bring Shine to this community. It has literally been a year in the making, and I finally get to do coaching with so many of you. One-on-one, group, accountability, trainings, it's all going to be in Shine. So if you want a little taste of what that may feel like, then listen to today's episode highlights. Welcome to Influencer Insights. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. In this 10-minute training series, I answer your most asked questions and sought-after advice about blogging, online branding, and influencer growth with step-by-step strategies you can take action on right away. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Julie. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so great to have you on with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. So let's dive into your question. So my question is, how do you get past the fear of feeling like you don't have a seat at the table or value to offer, especially in an industry like mine is fitness, where there's already just so many people there doing it and doing it well? Yes. So first off, um, I love this question because I think that it's one that is so universal, that is so common. I mean, fear is one of the most universally common feelings that we all have as human beings. So that's just like the first thing. I mean, if, if, if there's one feeling that we all know very, very well, it is that feeling of fear. So I love that because it's common and you're not alone in that. But I first want to kind of talk about that fear piece. So when it comes to fear, because I hear two things in your question. First is, you know, how do you get past the fear? And then you talk about, you know, when you don't feel like you have value or something to offer. So with that fear piece, it's really about sourcing first where the fear is coming from. Is it fear of failure? Is it fear of success? Is it fear of not being enough? Is it fear of falling flat on your face? Um, And really start to kind of get curious um, about, what actually may be helpful or interesting about that fear that you have? What is it really teaching you about the way that you speak to yourself? Because that is huge. Maybe beliefs that you have. Like for example, if it's, you know, I have a fear that I'm not going to be able to stick out among the saturation because there's so many other people here. I mean, what you're essentially saying to yourself at that point is I'm not big enough to shine. 
I can't, you know, and then the comparison comes in. I can't shine as much because there's already so much stuff going on here. So it can actually really teach you a lot about the way that you speak to yourself and about those core beliefs that you may have, those loops that you may have going in, into your head about your ability to thrive and your ability to succeed. Then what you really want to do after that is use your fear as essentially a source of action. You want to follow your fear. And there was a quote by a guy named Gavin DeBecker, who's an author, and he's like a top national security specialist. And he said something brilliant once about fear. And he said, and you've actually probably heard it from a lot of other people saying it, but he says, action is the antidote to fear. So again, action is the antidote to fear. So you really want to think about fear as being this compass, this directive, if you will, on what will be the next, the next best action for you to be able to take. And then you kind of want to think of it about seeing the fear as what could be the possible payoffs? You know, what is the best thing that could happen? And kind of write down some of those pros, if you will. And um, the other thing that I love is that when you think of it as an acronym there's, acronym, there's so many different things out there, right? With fear, you can think of it as false evidence appear, appearing real. Another one is face everything and rise. And I love that because I feel like it's really about showing up doing the best work that you can do, even though you cannot control or predict the outcome, even though you may have fear. It's really about being brave and really terrified at the exact same time. And there's a woman actually named Misha that is in my Influencer Academy uh, program. And this actually came up specifically for her not too long ago. Her name's Misha Vayner. And she was talking about how she had this fear going on for months, if not years, because she didn't want to make the wrong decision, right? And she realized the pressure that she was putting on herself to be this health coach and to sell online courses when really it wasn't her desire. And that pressure was actually repelling her from really going towards something that she really wanted to do. And it was really taking the joy out of something that she truly loved. So when she really took that pressure off, when she decided to you know, face everything and rise, when she decided to take the action, even though she could not predict the outcome, that's when she really realized that you know, what she really enjoyed naturally, what was fun, what was free, and just didn't really want to kind of put that pressure on herself to, to force herself into this box and to be a certain way. And so that got her right back to what she really wanted to do and kind of working the steps that we go through, through the Academy piece is what specifically helped her. But it's really about getting to that mindset of, you know, this may be scary. I may have a fear of failure. I may have a fear of letting someone down. Maybe I feel stupid doing this because my family doesn't support me or they don't get this online thing or they think I'm crazy or whatever it is, but I'm going to move forward and I'm going to do it anyway. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on so you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff, and it's called This is Small Business. 
This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable, recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business Go to kajabi.com slash influencer, that's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. And so that's kind of the first piece. The second piece that I wanted to go through with you is that value piece of feeling like you don't have value. And really that just comes from within. You know, there is no value police out there, you know, Sarah, waiting to arrest you for not having value. And I think that when it comes to value, it's such a common thing for us as human beings to seek that and to, and to look for that outsourced, right? We seek it from someone else or we seek it for something else. It's kind of like power, right? We feel like someone's going to give that to us or it's going to be bestowed to us once X, Y, and Z happens. But that's not really how it goes at all. No one gives you the value. No one no one bestows that to you. That's really what you have to find within yourself. You have to believe in what you offer. You have to believe in what you put on the table. And you even think of it in this way, Sarah. Let's say that I, you know, want you to go to a event with me, right? A workshop with me. But I was like, you know, Sarah, I don't really know about this workshop. Like, I don't really believe in it. I don't really think it's going to be that great. You know, I'm kind of scared about it, but Hey, we should totally go and invest in it. I would hope that you would say like, Julie, I don't know about that. Like you don't really seem like that passionate about it. You don't really seem like you really trust the process. So if you don't believe in the value, if you're not really trusting that what you're bringing to the table is really meant to make an impact, is really meant to change lives, is really coming from that place of service, then you can't expect anyone else to do it or to believe that either. So it's really your responsibility to get what you have to offer out that out to the world. And it really starts with you knowing where that value comes from. And it comes from within. Is that helpful? It's so, so helpful. 
Is there anything else that you want to ask on top of those responses? I don't think, I mean, you gave, gave me a lot to think about, like a lot to like kind of journal about and dive into and kind of really get to the root of, you know, what scares me from taking more action than I'm already taking. Yeah. That's like a big takeaway for me. Yeah. And a couple of action steps that you can take once we get off this call is when you sit down to journal, ask yourself questions like this, who would I be without this fear? Who would I be without this feeling that there's already so many people that are already doing this, therefore there's no room for me? Who would I be? What could I accomplish without believing that I've already missed my moment? What could I possibly, you know, create if I didn't believe that there was no room for me? And start flipping it on its script that way. You know, really start thinking it in those terms of what could be the possibilities? What could I potentially cre- create? How could I grow if I didn't have this feeling? And then really start to get curious on what are these fear pieces telling me about myself? It's really, it's not about resisting the fear. It's not about being terrified of the fear. It's really about seeing it for what it is, kind of honoring it in a way because it's going to be teaching you about yourself and then letting that be a compass towards some of the the action steps that you'll need to take to really make it to that next step. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your question. It was, I think, amazing and one that I know that we all have problems and and challenges with. So I I think it's going to be helpful to a lot of people. And if you are listening and you are someone who wants more personalized help with overcoming fear or locking in that value piece for yourself, then do yourself a huge favor and check out the Influencer Academy. It's an online brand building roadmap that really will, is meant to, and will accelerate your success pretty much in half the time. So some of what I shared today can be found in the Academy. And I just gave you a little taste of how we kind of walk through there. So you can go to the influenceracademy.org to check that out and get immediate and instant access. And again, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and for showing up. I mean, this was an action step, right? <laughs> like this was, this was the first step to you having that antidote to that fear. So I really appreciate you being here today. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and for answering my question. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Influencer Insights. We are doing another listener Q&A today, which I have been loving these. And this one comes from Brandy Gregg, and she asks, how did you build the business that you have now while working another job? I find it difficult managing a full-time professional career while also managing a personal brand. This is such an important question, Brandy, because I feel like so many of us have gone through this, right? We have been at this feeling. We know this feeling all too well, this crossroads that we get where we're just beating our heads against the wall because it just doesn't seem like we have enough time in the day. So the first thing that I did and the first thing that I would recommend anyone doing if this feeling comes up of finding it difficult to find the time is that you first have to eliminate any excuses about time that you may have. I know that we've all heard it before, but yes, we all do have the same amount of time in the day. Now we may have different responsibilities. We may all have different challenges, those sorts of things, but we do all have the same amount of time in the day. And it really is about how we choose to use it. I mean, I had multiple jobs at once 
when building my side hustle. So you have to think about that. It may be challenging and it may be difficult and it may be uncomfortable, but it's not impossible. So instead of going with the mindset of, I can't manage this, how can I better, I can't manage this, I don't have enough time in the day, I'm not going to be able to do this. You have to flip that to a question and ask yourself, how can I better plan my day? So what I developed when I was going through this, and I actually was even going through it this summer and had to kind of reconfigure this for myself, is that I created what is called a time tracking and priority prep plan. So what I do is I take three days and as, as annoying as this sounds, guys, it works again, it may be uncomfortable, but it's not impossible. This is what you do. You literally write down for 72 hours, every moment of your day and what you're doing. I don't care if you're brushing your teeth. I don't care if you're at work. I don't care if you're walking the dog. I don't care if you're doing your hair. Everything that you do in that time period that you are awake, you are writing it down and you want to do it for 72 hours. Now, the reason why I think 72 hours is important is because three days, 72 hours is gonna give you a really clear direction on what you are spending your time on and where the holes may be in your day. So what you're looking for are times, time that you spend in the day that, that is being consumed by things that aren't a priority for you. That may be searching on social media, looking at cat videos, you know, taking 90 minutes to eat when it could have taken you 15 minutes, maybe reading longer than you were, than you needed to maybe watching three episodes of Real Housewives instead of just one, whatever you're seeing, you're going to start to see in the mornings and the evenings where those holes are. And then you can start your priority prep. So this is what you want to do. You want to time track on one page. And then on another page, you want to start prepping out your level of priorities. If you have a side hustle that you are trying to make happen and you've got, things that you've got to do to get that going, those should be in your priority prep plan. So whether that is creating content, whether that is finding support, if you need to hire someone to help you do something, whether that is designing your website, whether that is taking photos, whatever that may be for you, you need to make a list in the order of priority of what you need to get done. Then you need to cross-reference the time tracking page with your priority prep page, and you will start to see where you were spending time that could have been better used or better spent on the priorities that you may have. I'm telling you guys, it really isn't that impossible. It may be a little annoying at first, but I promise you it will open your eyes to so much stuff. You will start to see whether it's five minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, you're going to be like, did I really spend that much time doing that? And what is another little helpful hint is if you have an iPhone, they now have a tracker that lets you know how much time a day you spend on social media and on the various apps. If you have not checked that out yet, go into your settings and look into that. You can also Google it to figure out where it is on your phone, but that will also be another huge eye opener for you. It really can help so, so much. So I hope that this is helpful. And if you really want more help in figuring out how to take the side hustle that you've now rearranged and gotten your time clear on, then check out our free webinar that we do with Pitch It Perfect because it's all about monetizing your side hustle. You can go to pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar to get the information on that. If you decide to do this, guys, I want to know what happens when you do your time tracking and your priority prep 
what comes up for you, make sure to slide into my DMs and let me know. And when you're ready to start monetizing, you know you can find us over at pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. Before you go, remember to screenshot this episode and share it with me over on Instagram by tagging me at Jules Solomon and hashtagging the influencer podcast. I always love to see who's listening alongside me. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right, I will see you again, same time, same place next week.